Hello, everyone. Welcome to Seated with Strangers. This season, we're exploring the topics of reimagining community and culture. My name is Sarita, and I'm seated with Shay and Quinta. On today's episode, we'll be talking about how do you have hard conversations with friends? How do you have hard conversations? Are we obligated to support our friends' business? And does support look like buying products, showing up to all of the events, and posting every time they share? How do you handle feeling guilted into sharing? I would like people to support me, so therefore I support others. I don't know if I feel obligated to, but I know that if I would want somebody to support me, if little if Sarah's selling a t-shirt, I'm going to buy her t-shirt and I'm not going to ask for a discount because that's her passion project. So I absolutely would support my friends. I may not show up to all of the events because, hey, we're adults and we have obligations. But if my schedule allows, I will show up. I will support and I will post it. It takes two seconds. Now, if it is something aligned to what I'm I'm doing, if it's something that is, you know, one of my friends, you know, we have different types of friends who may not be, you know, polished and everything. So if they want me to put up there the shorty short back that thing up rally, I'm not going to repost that. But if there's somebody who has some an event coming on or they're smoking meat or, you know, they have a <laughs> instructional design company, I would gladly repost that. But I do feel, I don't want to say obligated, but I feel honored to be able to support my friends in their endeavors. Yeah, I think the honored part, right? Like I Mm want to see my friends win. I'm not here for the people who want to be doing great as long as their friends are not doing as great. Like then what are we doing? Because we can't all sit together. I want us to sit together, right? So like I win, you win. But obligation is not in my vocabulary very much. I don't think that I want to be able to be honor you and honor me at the same time. So like you're saying, if they're products, I don't think that I am obligated to buy because if you're thinking your business is going to work because your family and friends support it and they do all the buying, then like the money is just in the circle. Like we're not, we're not winning here. Right. But what I can do when I purchase is try to connect with someone who does connect with that. Right. So I have a friend who's a single mom and she wrote a whole book and journal for single moms. I bought five of them. I'm not a single mom. I have no kids at all. So I will give that to people I come into contact with as gifting as a way to support her. So I don't think that. So, yes, I mean, I did buy the product, but that's not always going to be the case. So will I post it? I want to be in the know. Right. So I think if we're good friends, I know what's going on and I know what you're working towards so I can help be a mouthpiece. But I want it to be authentic enough to not be like, how are I don't even know much about this concept. Right. So I think just keeping my lines of communication open is the goal. I totally agree. And I like what you said, Sarita, about being um, obligated versus honor. I like that phrasing. Certainly not obligated to do anything. However, as I've switched over into becoming a business owner, um, I do see the value in being honored to support my friends, right? And whether that's a like or a share Or if it is buying the product, you know, it it just depends on what that looks like. I think support can be very different. Also, like you said, you know, if that's not our thing, then there may be other ways we can support them, such as just, you know, words of encouragement. Um, You know, hey, I saw this. Or if we know someone else and we pass along their information, I think that is also supporting them. I definitely used to feel guilty if I did not, you know, if I knew someone or had a friend that was in this particular business and I did not directly go to them. 
I, I felt guilty because I'm just like, that's my people. I'm, so, I'm supposed to support them. However, the event that changed that guilt, and, and I'm thankful for that, is my wedding. I realized that everyone is not for me and I am not for everybody. And so I no longer feel that guilt and I let that guilt go. And so now I do what I can, when I can, how I can. Well, since you brought up wedding, I think that we should segue. How do you handle or address when you can't financially afford to be in a friend's wedding? Uh, I've never had that happen, but if if this person is my friend, then they may understand whatever situation that I may be in. So honesty is what we have to just be honest. Hey, I may be going through something right now. I want to be there, but financially I'm not able to be there. So just be honest. And if that person is your girl, your friend, they'll understand. Absolutely. I think that honesty piece, I was also, when I went through the whole wedding planning thing, I was just really conscious of trying to keep things budget friendly because I, I did know everybody's, for the most part, like in deep sort of detail, you know, their financial situation. I don't have children, but everyone else did. So, you know, I know that that's a priority and my wedding isn't a priority above their children. So just kind of keeping those things in mind. I, I don't know. I did whatever I could to make sure that the people I wanted beside me was there. And if that meant digging a little deeper into my pocket to help them... I was just honored that they said yes. And so, you know, that's what I personally did. But everybody is in that situation, in that, you know, situation. But I just think it's knowing your friend and taking into consideration their different situations so that you can be there to support them and not shame them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a th- definitely thing that I would not want to do and would not want done to me is shaming someone because of their financial situation. Yeah, I think that people want to be included, right? They want to be like, I'm not going to stand with you, but like, girl, can you afford to stand with me? Not afford in that regard, but like, there are things that are expectations. Um, When I got married, I had a list of things for them. Um, And for me, it was more important than the, the price that comes with some things. But like, I paid for a lot of the stuff to take some of the burden off of them. But my thing was like, you know, when you stand with us, you're standing for more than this day. Like you're standing for us through this marriage. So can you do that? Right. (laughs) But as far as the financial piece, I think that I would much appreciate, and I tried to give people an out, right? Like, Hey, think on this. After you think on it, if you really want to do it, check the box and send me the picture or whatever, how we, you know, agreed on it, but like, just communicate with me so that I can know. And if you can't like, I want to let you honor yourself too. And I had people that were like, hey, I can't do this, but I want to help in a way. Is there another way I can help? And I can appreciate that. So there's no hard feelings because the process is already stressful. (laughs) So you don't need to add that on top. So the second part of this is, do we need to look at weddings differently when including friends as the wedding party? I I don't think I would look at it any different. You know, I just, like I said, we honor our friends. We respect uh, where they are in, in life, their different situations. And I wouldn't look at it differently. I think because I would start with them in mind from the beginning. So I wouldn't have to look at it differently because I always think about their best interest. I think as a culture, we need to look at weddings differently mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's no reason, uh, real reason, I feel like to spend, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 on a wedding. However, you know, I had, we had to up our budget several different times just because I did want to include everybody. And, you know, that was, that's just how I feel. But for me, it was a time of wanting to 
not only join as one with my husband, but also have everyone that I love around me. So if that meant for me putting a little bit more out than we had planned, I was okay with it for myself, but I wasn't okay with it for the wedding party. And so, you know, I kind of took on or we took on that burden just to say, you know what, that's okay. Like this is our village and we want our village to be there. So maybe it's a culture, but I don't think I would change anything for myself. I don't know. I think that like, you know, like you said, yeah, we do need to change it as a society, like because it, it is a huge money pit opportunity. Right. But I think when it comes to the friends and the party, like as I get older, many of my friends are not married yet. So I know the expectation is upping every year that they're still wanting to be married, but haven't because we're older. They expect in the budgets that folks are trying to get flued out, okay, <laughs> to different places for you. They want the pit, how sweet, you know? And you're like, girl, you're not my bride. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that we got to figure out how to um, work around that and communicate that because I'm like, yeah, as you can know, what is the spouse doing to help us have an amazing bachelorette for right. you, right? I mean, I don't have $15,000 sitting aside for all of the events because there's so many layers to it, right? So yeah. maybe you get to pick and choose. Like, I'm going to be the one that goes all out for you for the bridal shower. That's my jam. I'm going to be the one that goes all out for you for the bachelorette. That's my jam. I don't know, but... I do think something's got to change because, and then you get to be the special person for that. (laughs) I think one of the things for me um, with my experience is I lowered my expectations Mm -hmm. for my bridal party. Now, if I could just do it all over again, I would just probably go elope and just fly out somewhere for a couple of weeks and just be done with it. But I think that's one of the things that I've kind of regretted is I Mm -hmm. took possibly took too much consideration Mm -hmm. into everyone else and lowered what I really wanted from that whole experience. So I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit on the fence. I think I need to think about it a little bit more. I'm not married, so I'm over here taking notes. (laughs) So when it comes, I'll be prepared. And if you get a call, y'all better answer the phone, okay? We're going to answer. I'm going to say, don't consider nothing. Tell them what you need because you know that Brightzilla show... I, from hindsight, like you and Clinton, I was trying to be considerate. Okay, I'll pay half for this and I'll do this. And then people knew that like, if I just make a fuss about it, she'll figure it out. And I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. having less stress. I'm putting all the money. So I feel like from hindsight, the word of the day is like, listen, Bridezilla's get what they want and folks don't try you. They're like, she's going to flip out. And then you get everything you want, you know, just by creating the persona. Yes. And then you don't have to be considerate. Trying to be calm and cool and collected. I did that. It didn't work out for me either. Yeah. No, noted. <laughs> All right. So what's happening in these in these Internet streets? Recently, a small business owner expressed that she found out that her employee turned close friend was stealing merchandise and also took money from her. This is a two part question. One, how do we handle the loss of a friendship and why don't we talk about losing friends and how it affects us? Anybody can grab it. I'm going to tell you something. And. I am still impacted by losing my best friend from childhood. And I don't even look at friendships the same. So, of course, I've talked about in therapy, (laughs) you know, whenever Mm -hmm. I go, whatever. So we're dealing with that, still dealing with it. But it still impacts how I look at friendships. Now, we're both we still stay in contact with each other because, you know, we grew up same small community, family members, all of that stuff. But. 
it that thing hurt and it still hurts several years later. But I think the only person I've really shared it with besides you two is my husband. I think one other friend, but I almost felt like I can't share that or have felt like that, felt that way for so long because it's like a taboo, right? Like, Mm -hmm. why are you tripping over losing a friend? Like, that's their issue, but that's loss. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to learn that losing a friend, like there's a grieving process to that. Correct. I was about to say that. Yeah. You know, we have to learn how to no longer have that presence in our lives. So. Thank you for sharing yeah. that with us. Yeah, that was good. I can relate. I remember being in an organization and uh, somebody that I considered my friend was going behind my back when I was running for office. And it was just so mm-hmm. hurtful to the point where the person didn't know. But and I could t- continue to act like it was OK. But then I just kind of cut them off. But it, like you said, it's like it's like a death. It's, it's grieving. And I think we may not talk about it as much because it, it hurts. Quite frankly, you're human. You wouldn't, you didn't think that this person would do this or that. And when you found out that they're capable of doing this, you're saying, how did I not pick up this portion of their behavior before? But like all, all of it's a learning process. So you just, you learn from it. And in your next friendship, you know how to go and what to look for and want to call people on their things. So you won't lose a friendship because losing a friendship, it, for, for one, it takes too much work to be building. It, it takes a lot of work for it to just be lost. Like you said, when you do lose one, there is a grieving process. You have to find somebody to talk about it. Most of us are on a couch telling somebody else about it and it's okay, but you definitely have to find somebody to talk through because it will affect your life. Well, I'm glad we're all in agreement about it hurting. And so I think, why don't we talk about it? I don't know if there's like, yes, it's the pain, right? But I I don't know if we just presume that friendships you know, you have people like, well, some things are just for a season. I don't, because I'm cautious with making friends and who I call a friend, it's hard for me to grasp that as well. And I lost a a really good friend. And I think the feeling like the rug kind of was pulled from underneath you, but like in, I know it's extreme, like marriage and, and friendships, but there's a friendship element to that too. Right. And so you think that you've had these forehand conversations, like that already occurred. We're on the same page about how we see this. We have an agreement about how we'll deal with conflict. Call me out. I'll call you out. If you're on my toe, tell me, you know? And so I think that I had established that we had talked about it because there had been conflict. Conflict happens in all relationships. And so when I received word um, that she felt like this was no longer working for her, I felt like, wow, has it not been working for a while and you didn't say anything? And now you're so to the point of like, we're just not the same people after so many years, which is, you know, that happens. People grow different, distant. But I guess in my head, I feel like I expect that once we're in a friend circle, unless I super hurt or someone is severely hurt, right, by the situation that we will move on the pyramid. Like you might not be at the top, but you're not off the pyramid. And I think the friendship ending feels like, wow, like I needed to be booted from the pyramid, you know, no more on this island. And it's like, where do you put that? Right. And then coming to the closure yourself, she wrote me a letter, I guess that is in theory, like adulting, but it's, it's one way adulting, you know what I mean? And so I get it when you've made your decision, you've made it. But if we have years of friendship, we hope that we don't have to agree, but we could both get the room to share. You got to share and then close it. So you got closure. And if we were friends at some point, we both cared about both people having some sort of closure. So hard adulting, right? Adulting is hard. I was trying to, so, so the second question is how do you recover from betrayal? Um, you just take it one day at a time. And 
some friendships are salvageable. I remember uh, I had someone who I considered my really good friend. And I remember being unemployed and her grandmother died. I borrowed money to be there. Fast forward about six years later, my grandmother passed. She didn't show up. And I get on Facebook and she's at a baby shower, had a wonderful time. And I'm like, you're 10 minutes away from here and you couldn't come here. But, you know, you have to have a conversation. For years, we didn't talk until one time we just sat down and had a hard conversation. And it was ugly. She was crying. I was crying. But we're still friends today. Are we as close as we were then? No. But I salvaged a piece of that friendship because we built so many years. Sometimes you don't want to let all those years go by. Sometimes you just have to let it go. There's a uh, a pastor that says some people are friends for a reason, some for a season, some for a lifetime. And the older you get, you realize where those people fall on that on that paradigm. Yeah, I, I think that I, I am able to compartmentalize pretty well. And so even though life experiences, you know, they influence how I interact with other people. I don't allow betrayal to impact those other relationships, you know. Now, that relationship probably is is likely over because when I'm done with you, I'm done with you. But, you know, I don't allow that to bleed into um, the healthy relationships. And so I think that just kind of maybe comes with just maturity and just growing and realizing like, hey, I have to set boundaries and I have to deal with this. Um, You know, with my other friends, like I'm going through something. Give me a little bit. You know, you may not hear from me for a couple of weeks, but I'm okay. Like or, you know, check in on me. But not allowing that to impact other relationships in a negative way, um, I just I just don't do that. Betrayal, I think, is hard. But I also think that it comes down to how we define what betrayal is, right? Because sometimes I think the other party very well may not know or they may yeah. not know that that was a line for you. So I think some of that comes down to communication and how big the betrayal was, right? And how, how did we get there? Because... If it was something that they didn't know, we can't expect people to know what hasn't been shared. You know, we do have some baseline we think of like right and wrong. But, you know, if it's not like life altering, then I think that there's room for conversation if that means something, if that relationship means something to me. So then I can recover with time because I've made it clear. So now I have to give some grace because I want grace, you know, and I realize Mm -hmm. that I'm the villain in someone's story, you know, regardless of how much I try. Right. So I'm like, I want to give people what I would like to receive in return. So I think that's kind of how I deal with it. But I mean, fool me once. Okay. Fool me twice. Am I getting it? You know? So (laughs) I think that's kind of where the line is for me. So what do you do when you notice that you and your friends core values and morals are in opposition? Is that something you discussed or just grow apart? If you're friends, I think you would discuss it. So I remember being younger and I'm I'm Christian. So when I got saved, you know, some people you you would tell them I'm saved now. They're like, girl, you gonna come with me? I'm 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 saying, no, I can't come there. But you have to just be open, you have to communicate where you are, you have to communicate, this is who I am, this is I'm not doing this, this or that, and I ask that you respect that. So I think communication. And sometimes people do not have that skill. The communication has to be there. You have to tell them who you are, tell them where you're going. And if it doesn't align, then we may not be able to be friends. But generally, if you tell people, I'm here, this is what I'm doing. If they're your friend, they'll respect you. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, um, just I remember in undergrad and even grad school, learning new people and, you know, just kind of starting to connect with people. And there were just things we just didn't agree on. And so kind of my litmus test was, does this do me harm? Right. If it's not causing me harm, I'm there for you. But the moment it begins to cause cause me harm, whether physical, spiritual or mentally um, or, or emotionally, we got to we got to sit down for a little bit. And, and like you said, you know, once we were we talked about it and we were open, they're like, oh, OK. And they just knew from then on, hey. Quinta isn't going to do X, Y, and Z. We can't do X, Y, and Z around Quinta. You know what I'm saying? Like they just, we respected each other. And so that's just kind of how I continue to move. Does it cause me harm or is what I'm doing causing another person harm? And if it does, now we need to have this conversation, but I wouldn't allow lack of communication to end a relationship. Like we have to grow up and be adults about this thing. Right. And some people haven't been taught how. Right. So that some of them just you can't expect for them what the, mm-hmm. what they don't have or what they don't know how to do. Uh, but you as a friend, that's a teachable moment. Hey, this is what I expect. This is who I am. And I respect you. And I ask that you respect me. I agree. And I think that uh, core values and morals sometimes are intertwined and interdependent. But I don't think they're the same. So I think I can get along with core values if they're not in direct opposition, because they might, like you said, they may not impact me. Um, morals, I think that's hard, right? Because now I'm seeing the things of me as a person and you as a person, the kind of company I want to keep, right? And sometimes, like you're saying, that will cause harm. If you think, you know, taking is a way of life and you take what you take and let's not get caught. I cannot get caught up in that with you. Right? No, because I will you not know? be going to jail for you or anybody, okay? <laughs> <That part. laughs> I need you to know that. <laughs> Real clear. Right. And and this is not that's not a conversation type situation. Like once we survive the I survive the situation, then it's going to cause some harm. So we're going to have a problem. Right. So I just think that that the moral part is the line for me. And so when if I am made aware, it is just it's not even growing apart. It's just we're going to have a we're going to cut the line. Right. Maybe we can say hi on the phone, but I can't even get caught up in that because that could be something else. Right. But core values. I want to seek some understanding. Like, right, listen for understanding and see if we can get some understanding. So I, that's just, that's how you, that's where your line is. That's cool. Um, As long as it's not this crossover that's going to negatively impact me and minds are not going to negatively impact you, we can be people. (laughs) When I consider having someone as my friend, they generally share my morals and values. I don't really connect with people who, you know, like you said, stealing or doing drugs because I will not be going to anybody's jail. So I think that, you know, I'm just looking at the friends from various phases of my life. They generally had uh, shared values, shared morals. For those who may not have had shared morals, I think by hanging around me, mm-hmm. I kind of rubbed off on them. So they said, when I met you, I didn't do this and this. And now look at me. I'm not doing this as much. So, you know, meet people where they are. But like you said, there is a line. You will not be talking about drugs and you're not going to be out here stealing because, I, I'm, that's not who I am. And I don't want anybody around me doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to look down on you because that's a struggle that you have, but just know that you can't be around me while you're in this phase. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody needs somebody to build them up. Sometimes right. just a word from you can change their whole trajectory. 
when everybody is turning their back on them and you're checking on them, hey, I, you know, I, I've had a rough moment and you still believe in me. Sometimes that is, is that's that's love and love mm-hmm. is a verb. And sometimes we have to show love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if people respect you, they're going to try to honor, you know, the ask. And if they don't respect themselves, you can't expect them to respect you. So you should know people can't give what they don't have. Yeah, it's so true. And I think this is like a two way street, right? We may be on that end of, wait a minute, are they following my core values and morals? Right. And so I, I just think it's it's this reciprocal relationship that we have to be aware of that, you know, even though in our own minds, we we have it all together, we we figured it all out. We have to realize that people are in different places and, you know, they have different thoughts and feelings. And while we may feel like, you know, what we're doing hasn't caused any harm, mm-hmm. meeting this person, like, wait a minute, this isn't, that doesn't align with them anymore. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I think then it says, okay, I need to even evaluate whether this friendship is worth pursuing or was it really even a friendship, right? Mm-hmm. What what does this look like? You know, just taking that time to really think through it. So. Well, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating or review. Seated with Strangers is a full experience podcast. So check out the show notes for more ways to engage with us. We'll see you next time.